The Ritual Elderman's collection is one of the most enigmatic sexual magic collections in the world and can be found in the Museum of Witchcraft and Magic in Boscastle, United Kingdom. The collection consists mainly of works by J. H. W. Eldermans, a former civil servant that lived in The Hague in the Netherlands. His skills are of an undeniable high quality and his works are not only made on paper but also in metal, wood and bone. Who was J. H. W. Eldermans? And why was he interested in sexual magic to a degree that borders on obsession? Was Eldermans acquainted with Cecil H. Williamson? Was he a member of an occult lodge called Ars Amatoria? Was J. H. W. Eldermans an unknown magister in the occult art? To answer these questions, Wilmar Tal. When did you come across Elderman's work? That should have been around 2012. Uh, I was doing research for a f my first book, and the name Elderman's kept popping up in my research. And um, the funny thing was that he was playing a kind of role as an advisor to a certain group that was researching uh, a story about occult rituals uh, concerning a roundhouse in Nunspeet. And I decided to track down some family of him and I came across his granddaughter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we got in contact. Uh, she eventually received the book and she was impressed and asked me if I wanted to write a book about a grandfather. and. I said, I think about it, and 30 seconds later, I said, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> and what a wonderful book it is. So we need to kind of tell people about this. Um, it, you know, the book is from, it's a publication from Troy Books, of course. Um, yes, and it's, uh, as Troy Books always, you know, do a fantastic job on it. Uh, it's called The Silent Listener, um, li The Life and Works of J.H.W. Eldermans. Um, and you, you get a, a lot of uh, um, black and white because, you know, there's a lot of drawings. There's a lot of... Uh, the book is just incredible. And then, um, behold, in the middle of it almost, um, there is a couple of colored um, uh, photographs of some of his works so that we can have a clue on how rich and beautiful the work was. So, or is. And uh, so, really, really a very interesting book about a very extraordinary man. <laughs> um, but if you look at the pictures of this man, you can't really say, okay, so th there's like, you know, if, if we see Gerald Gardner, or if we see, I don't know, um, Alistair Crowley, if we see, uh, there is a, a somewhat of weirdness about them there is something very strange there's a strange um in them you can't really tell that from the photographs of uh of elderman's can't you no, mean, he he looks really, quite ordinary that's right that's right <laughs> which um leads me to the other question which is um was at what did you find out about how conscious was he uh on what he was doing. I mean, of course he was, but uh, 
did he actually practice this? Did he actually, I mean, this, the body of work is extent and, uh, you know, extends throughout a, couple, a lot of collections. Um, but how, did he actually practice any of this magic that he talks about, that he writes about, that he paints about? Um, it's a hard question because that is not documented everywhere. Uh, I do believe he experimented some of the love potions or other things. He, he did have some vials with seeds uh, of certain plants, uh, but uh, he, he also complained in his works that uh, to do magic, you have to have a lot of money, you have to have a lot of time, you have to have a lot of weird ingredients uh, which are hard to come by. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I think he, he experimented a little bit, but I don't think he was a full-fledged magician. What is your opinion about his understanding of it, though? Because it looks like there is a lot of... Um, and this is, this is true for any, of an, any artist, right? So anyone that is an artist um, has to be passionate about the, uh, the art. He... If you look at his work, um, the drawings, the paint, you know, all of it, including including the objects, there's a lot of passion into it. There's a lot of effort go into it. He was most certainly passionate about it, but do you think that he understood what he was, you know, writing, or was it just collecting information? You think? I do think it was collecting information. Um... He, he worked as a probation officer and he had a passion for law enforcement. So he was also kind of looking at it as a police officer would do. There are also in his collection uh, stamps and uh, stickers uh, added to his work which says police technical collection or police collection Mr. Eldemans. It's quite fake what he was doing. But if you look at the sources themselves, they are almost... Uh, all popular works from the 70s and the 60s there is a, a small portion that is original research that is gnome research and the, the 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 gnome manuscript and he was very passionate about those gnomes he was uh, <laughs> he was <laughs> yeah he really was uh he, he was looking for people who had seen them uh, people who who conjured them uh he, he was looking for information in certain grimoires, uh, like the, 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 the Keys of Solomon. Uh, just looking for uh, information, how gnomes could be used to find treasure, or uh, how, how you could attract them, or how you could repel them. It, he was very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, it is also very interesting to see that there is a couple of things in there that are very interesting. One of them is, um, you know, the, the collection seemed to be divided in a couple of things. There are writings, mm -hmm. right? And then there are also uh, objects and sculptures, wood, metal, bone. I mean, there's a couple of materials. Uh, no, and then, mostly lead. Yes, mostly lead. Yeah. And then... Uh, you'll have um, the, the drawings and the paintings and all of that, um, illustrations. Um, there are three 
books that you mentioned in your book that he left. One is the red book, the other, mm -hmm. well, notebook, and then the other one is the blue one. The red one, you say that it was mostly love magic. Right? Yeah, it was. And very, uh, I think, uh, good choice of color for that. Then the other one is um, 187 pages. What is this blue book about? I think the blue book was more about uh, information that he could not categorize. So you see a lot of different subjects like Aleister Crowley and the Ordo Templi Orient, Ger German folklore, um, all kinds of uh, notes on I Ching and uh, other uh, fringe subjects of the occult. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think the blue notebook was just the notebook he had with him when he went to the Royal Library to search for sources that he could consult. Uh, so for those who don't know who um, Eldermans were, um, there is a huge collection in the Museum of Witchcraft and Magic uh, in Cornwall, um, which comprise not only illustrations and, you know, um, but also the objects themselves. Um, and this, this is one of the biggest ones, isn't it? The Museum of Witchcraft um, collection. Um, the object of this, yes. Yes. And uh, magic, was he trying... Do you, do you, can you, in all of your research, understand the purpose of this? Oh, I think he was partly trying to escape his daily routine and his daily world. And I think he saw magic as the best way to um, make that escape. Um, I, I've also wondered uh, why he was telling a lot of people different stories about himself. And if magic is uh, laying your will upon the world and make the world obey your will, um, telling people different truths is kind of laying your will onto those other people and making them believe what you want them to believe. And they believed it. They really believed it. Um, like, like the story, he was uh, one of the officers arresting uh, Dirk Hanema de Stuurs, who was a director for a museum, a very important museum in the Netherlands and who cooperated with the Germans. Eldermans never arrested the man. But there are people who believe he did. Yeah. And they truly believe it. Even when they saw Mr. Hanuma and Eldermans at the same time, they still, yeah. they still believed he was the one who arrested him and um, that they were very courteous toward, toward another. And I have consulted the files of Mr. Hanuma de Stuurs, and there is no mention of Eldermans whatsoever. It, it's very peculiar that he had this kind of power over people that he really could make them believe what he wanted them to believe. But then again, yeah. any good magician will be... <laughs> we know that he wasn't, oh. probably not, but, but every good, you know, uh, 
personality, you know, uh, they always have a, a power of fascination. And, and that probably was, was the case. I don't know, maybe it was. I can tell you that uh, that happened with a couple of other uh, people related with the occult. Um, Alexander's, for instance, was one of them. And uh, mm -hmm. so it, it really is, uh, I think, a characteristic of a, of a magical man, I think. Um, I no, think that he yeah. was. Uh, he, 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 he was. He was kind of a a, a magical, magical man. man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Simply because he he had a quite demanding personality to right. certain right. people, but to other people he was a friendly, laid back man. Um, it, it it was also how was the opponent he was facing uh, doing. You know, uh, mm -hmm. was, was he kind of looking up to him? Then he became that person who had that mm -hmm. influence. Mm -hmm. But if you dared to oppose him, then he would respect you. Do you think that the yeah. family knew no. of this? Well, they knew, but they didn't make a big deal of it. Right. Uh, I, think, I think the biggest deal uh, is the people who look at it now and think from, whoa... That's 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 heavy if you had to live through that, and I think the family never considered it that big of an issue. They just went their own way and didn't mind what Daddy was doing at the table. Do you think that? Um, and this is these are uh, uh, questions actually that are in the book. You can read the book and then find the answers. But um, you know, Wilmer is um, is going to to try to give a little glimpse on, on them. Um, how, how important was his upbringing in shaping his, in, into the man he was? And plus, did this upbringing influence his sexual preferences, you think? Yeah, that was one of the questions I really wrestled with during the research. He had a very ambivalent relationship with his mother um she was a very demanding woman a very present woman uh, uh his father was kind of a, a a more subjugated man so yeah there you already see a a foundation for that sadomasochistic um relationship in which the mistress mm -hmm. is leading and the man has to follow um but if this is really the the basis of his sexual preference I don't know. I, I, I do believe there is an element in there. But, yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what was, from all of this work that you did, from all of this uh, research that you're continuing doing, because you just finished uh, also a, a piece of work uh, just today uh, as part of that research. Now, what did you learn for yourself? from Elderman's um, as a teacher, being you doing this research and learning from him. Did you learn anything from all of this research and all of this work? You always learn when you do research. Um, but the basic thing I have learned, uh, I had to read up a lot on magic and on the occult in general, uh, because it, I knew something about it, but not much. And one of the things that really struck me during this research was that uh, there is so much we do today 
uh, that has a basis in one of the occult sciences like uh, alchemy or magic even or uh, astrology um, some superstitions people uh, hold dear to uh, seem to have an, an, an originating uh, somewhere in those, those sciences but also when you look at uh, architecture uh, you can see small symbols that actually have a magical meaning uh, originally and which has worn off through the years and now it has become a certain ornament um, that was really an eye-opener to me and what i really do like uh, especially about the more modern magic uh, magical interpretations is the very open-mindedness um, let's say uh, towards things as uh, homosexuality or, or transgenders um, in in the, the the thalamic system or in wicca uh, those people do not mind who you are how you dress what you do who you spend your life with like in christianity it matters because um, being gay isn't really accepted uh, in, in, in Islam being gay is even uh, punishable by death um, and I don't see that with Wicca or with uh, Asatru or with uh, e even Thelema uh, the Abbey of Thelema that still uh, is active or the OTO they are very open-minded and I really liked hearing that I really was very surprised to see the um, the open-mindedness that permeates from these yeah religious uh movements thank you so much wilmer for being here um on the hidden light and uh um looking forward for uh maybe a following book on this or any other uh themes do you have anything that you're working on right now well troy books does have uh, three manuscripts of the upcoming uh study on the no manuscript which i finished last year and currently i'm working on a book about bob rochelle the other name giver of the rochelle elderman's collection and uh currently i'm interviewing people who have known bob and in the fall of this year i want to go through the archives to search for more information about him so i hope to be writing somewhere next year at the fall well thank you for um sharing your adventures with us uh through these books and we're looking forward for the next one thank you and thank you for the opportunity